Hey everybody, welcome back to Game Store Profits, the show about God and gaming and how that stuff goes together beautifully. It's your Uncle Jeff. I'm back in the recording seat. I can't believe it's been way too long. And I am joined by El Presidente, Mike Perna. I always, every time you call yourself Uncle Jeff, I just want to just, one of these days we need to do a video of you doing a Mr. Rogers walk-in with the cardigan and the slippers. (laughs) Why, hello there, everybody. I didn't even see you there. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. I just came back from my friendly neighborhood game store. (laughs) And I am joined by the incomparable, the one and only Daniel Fisher. Daniel, how you doing? Mike, who is this guy that's with us today? I mean, we just leave the door open and anybody wanders in. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I haven't seen you in forever. It's like our 20-year high school reunion all over again. (laughs) I know, man, and I I haven't been doing well over the last 20 years, as you can see. (laughs) Well, people out on the podcast, they can't see, but yeah, it hasn't been good. So uh, I I missed you guys. I know we've been kind of chatting here and there, and I got a chance to be in Numenera with Mike and... You know, you and I, Daniel, we've been commiserating a little bit here and there, but how are you guys doing? It's been too long. Daniel's been especially having a good time. <laughs> well, since you brought it up. Since oh, you brought it up. I, I, I want to get it out of your system because you are downright hopping over there. So I want you to oh, just okay. talk about so, this and gush and be happy, and then we can move on to other things. <laughs> Let's hear last it. podcast, I explained to everybody. How we had a moment in my household that uh, we're not going to play 4th edition under my roof. But we actually did have our, our RPG adventure with my daughter and her friends. And I had everything perfectly set up in the basement. And I had my DM screens up. And I had my computer with the sirenscape. And one, I realized I'm raising a murder hobo. <laughs> um. So, if you know anything about this module we're doing, Horror on the Hill, you start in a town, like a little fort, and then you're supposed to cross the river over to the hill, where all the action is. So, they get into this town, and 90% of their role-playing for the night was in that pet, that fort. They went and leave. First <laughs> of all, they were trying to get every bit of information, so they realized that there's a drunk guy in the corner, an old man... <laughs> That if you gave him a drink, he would give you uh, some rumors. And a 50% chance the rumor's true, 50% chance it's false. So here are these little 11-year-old girls kept bringing this old man drinks and like <laughs> please I think please tell me they're actually role playing as 11-year-old girl cuz that would even no, be funnier. No. Uh, they're not, but they I may have them start doing that. But anyway, but <laughs> I have a feeling that I'm going to need the, to do a disclaimer at some point here. You know, <laughs> over over the period of the evening, they gave this man like ten drinks. These only got like ten rumors, so you get two every time you give him a drink. You get all the rumors. So, um, <laughs> please, I don't the, know anymore. Don't the, give me any more. They have to, to rent a boat to get across the stream. Well, the the, the river and the, that's twenty gold pieces. Well, they didn't want they're cheap. They don't want to pay it. So, my daughter, being my daughter, she decided to pickpocket this guy's, this guy in the, in the tavern and, to um, get their money back? No. And she, the only, cause she, she's a thief. She can pickpocket. That's what she wants to do. So she pickpockets. Mm-hmm. So she gets this little vial and this little vial has a medicine, a very rare medicine. 
for a childhood disease that will cure a child. But if the child doesn't get it, the child will die. So she looks at it, looks at the guy, walks straight to the apothecary and go, what can I get for this? Oh my goodness. You are raising a murder hobo. And, oh my and I was like, I was like, well, and, and, and I played this out perfectly. I said, he, he takes the vial from you and looks at it and said, strange thing is, I just sold an identical vial <laughs> like this to one of the guards for his child. And she just looks at me and, and I said, he attempts to grab you and starts yelling for the, the local enforcement. And she's like, she starts running and she grabs her other friend who's in the tavern, throws the vial at the guy, said, I'm sorry I took this. And the guy tries to grab her. So they're now running towards the river where her friend is haggling with this fisherman over the boat. And he's not going to sell him the boat or not going to give him the boat. They have to pay 20 gold pieces to get across. And so these two are running, going to be hung, because if that child died, that would have been murder. So they're running down there. And then I looked at Abby, which is the girl that was haggling with the with the thing. I said, you see your two friends coming very fast, followed by a few guards and uh, some very angry, angry faces on them. Do you really want to argue over the price of this boat now? So, t- so time out here. So, so did, are they all at the table at once? So, they're how are they doing? Like not metagaming, like knowing that the other person. I've explained Oogie to them. Okay, out of game information. I explained right, right. that, and, and 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 so like when somebody has something, they go Oogie, 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 throw that arm in the air because they're <laughs> you know, they're nerds. They're like straight Oh friends. yeah. So, and, and then, so when they when they have to discuss these things and and then you know I explained I said this is what you see these people are being chased do you seriously want to do this and she's like here's your twenty gold pieces let's get across water <laughs> and then then at another part you know I'm playing I have sirens going the entire time so there's background noises everywhere nice. so they finally get over there and they're in the woods and they come across a clearing and they find these three berry bushes and these berry bushes have these really large raspberries on them and i, I know i'm going into a lot of detail it's okay what, it, because i love the enthusiasm in your voice I'm, so I'm what had happened going. centuries ago those bushes were there and a cleric accidentally spilled healing potion on them so the plants absorbed that healing potion and now these berries one berry acts as a half a healing potion so each bush had like 10 berries on it my first thing that happens in my dark is I take all the berries. <laughs> I said, there's three bushes. There's three of you. Divide that up. <laughs> She's like, well, then I'm ripping the bushes out of the ground so nobody can get any bushes later. <laughs> I was like, are you going to spend the time literally what? trying to pull these out of the ground? She's like, no, I'm just going to set them on fire. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. It's at this point that En-ROADS would like to announce that we do not support this type of behavior in our children or in our players that are around the table. We in- we encourage a uh, a growing and caring oh group my that goodness. involves the bones. So, now here we go. So, they decide that they're going to camp. And first thing my daughter says, we're not camping in the clearing. We're going to camp in the woods outside the clearing. So, in case anything walks into the clearing, they won't get us. I was like, that's pretty smart. So uh, they they, they do that. So they have a chance encounter in the middle of the night. Now, let me explain something. My daughter is a human rogue. Her friend, um, Lindsay, is a elven ranger. 
And then we have Abby, literally the smallest girl of this group. She is a half orc barbarian. Sweet, <laughs> sweet. So, so anyway, so and then I, you know, I've got the the sounds of the forest playing, and I hit the rain button. It starts to sound like it's raining. And I said, "You're sitting around your campfire, and it starts to drizzle a little bit." And I said, "You start to hear something. You can't really make out what it sounds like, but it sounds kind of like bamboo slapping together." And I reach over and grab two PVC pipes and was just like hitting them together and clanking them together a little bit. And everybody did like their their notice checks and things like that. And finally, they noticed two humanoid figures. And so my daughter said, first thing she said, I'm going to climb up the tree. And then, and then the ranger's like, I'm going to follow her. And then um, Lindsay's like, what, what am I going to do? I said, wait. And she's like, <laughs> she's like um, okay, uh, why? I said, because you might have to fight something. And and then I threw down on there two skeleton warriors just popped up. You know, so you notice some of these skeleton warriors. And she looked at me and said, can you do me a favor? And I was like, what? She's like, can you turn off that background noise? Because this is really creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, first of all, I said, I'm not going to turn off the background noise. <laughs> because this adds atmosphere. Second of all, there's nothing in this forest that you need to be afraid of. Everything in this forest needs to be afraid of you. And I dealt out the, the cards for, for initiative. And I said, you go first. Roll. And then she rolls and she hits, but she doesn't hit well enough. So I'll say, like, as you swing your, your great axe, you, you hit one of the arms of the skeleton and it breaks off and hits the ground. But in a fit of barbarian rage, you swing back around and I made her roll again. And she rolled and got a raise. And, um, I was like, you hit the skeleton dead in the center chest and it just obliterates to a thousand pieces. Shards going everywhere. She's like, <laughs> just make, makes that face. If those is not watching the video, she's basically surprised. She's like, oh. <laughs> and then, then, you know, I was like, well, the other skeleton's turn. So the other skeleton hits. But the thing is, though, her toughness is so much because she's half orc. Like, it does nothing. It doesn't even scratch her. And, and she's like, oh, wow. And then the ranger's like, well, I'm going to pop a shot off. And she hits the. the Thing I do shot placement and then she hits it in the skull and it shatters the skull and it just drops and we end it for the night. But the funny thing is though, the next morning when um, Lindsay's mom came to pick her up, we played Dungeons and Dragons and it was so awesome. <laughs> it was the greatest thing ever. And I just want to come back and play more. And then Abby's dad is the head scoutmaster for my son's troop. So I was talking to him Monday, and I was like, so what, did you hear about our adventure? He's like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, did you hear we played Dungeons and Dragons? He's like, that's why she had such a good time. And, <laughs> and that's all he said. That's all he said. <laughs> Aww. That's like adorable and stuff. That's so I know. good. And now they're like, when are we playing again? So we were starting to schedule the next one. And the guy that was originally the the person that we bought the book for didn't couldn't make it because he had a wedding to go to. So he's supposed to come to the next one. Nice. 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 So. That's so good. That's so good. I mean, and just hearing the enthusiasm in your voice, man. <laughs> you had to have had such a fantastic time, man. Oh, it was great. It was great. We just sat there and we played and it just flowed so well and and the girls started picking up on it and things like that. And I know that when David gets into the group, they're going to be like, no, you need to do this. 
this right here and roll this die right here. <laughs> I'm going to guide you. Let me guide you. See, now, I would pay I would pay a lot of money to have been a fly on the wall to see your face when that young lady says, I burn the bushes. <laughs> but you can help other people. No, are you kidding me? I'm I'm the one who's waiting for the next game session when when this dude comes in and tries to explain what it is and, and the one girl goes, No, you don't understand. <laughs> I'm not afraid of anything in this wood. They should be afraid of me. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and I was I was pulling a TR knot, man. I was up, my oh. arms were moving, because he gets very animated. He gets very he animated when you And I was yeah, doing yeah. it. I was like, I'm pulling a TR tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. And yeah, and you know what? The the, the whole idea of, of turning that uncomfortability into a power, right? Yeah. Turning that into empowerment and saying, you know what? No, no, no. You're not the one who should be afraid. Yeah. You're a half-orc barbarian with a great axe. Everything in this woods should be afraid of you. <laughs> I, I, I did leave out one part. There was an incident where they were walking through the woods and they decided not to go in the path, but to go diagonal, or, you know, along parallel. But and my daughter hits a tree and knocks out a um, beehive <clears throat> of killer bees. Oh my. So the first thing she does is like, I'm going to run. <laughs> and I was like, well, the bees are following you. <laughs> yeah. There's there's one so. in every, one in every group who's like like the one who causes the problem and then runs away. Oh yeah, yep. oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's cool. Well, Ed, I don't know how do we compare with that, Mike? How about you? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do in, in the last few days or weeks or whatever? Well, other than running that game of Numenera, which is really entertaining, and you should be seeing. If I haven't gotten the video up, I should have the first session video up soon. The second half of that session will be up probably in the next week or so. So you will probably see at least one, if not both, of those videos by the time this goes live. So uh, that is a ton of fun. I'm super excited about everything that's going to happen with that. I y'all are y'all are going either dark or mercenary. So every one of you is either this dark tragic figure or just in it for the cash. So this is going to be an interesting. Based on what I'm going to throw at you guys, it's going to be an interesting romp we have together. I have to say, though, I need to, because it was kind of my first foray into playing an evil character, I, I, as I was going into those places, I started, like, writing notes. Like, you'll see in the video, I, I was, when I was doing the editing, I noticed my head's down quite a bit. And when I'm doing that, I'm actually taking, like, copious notes on my phone. I'm using Microsoft OneNote, and I'm just like, jam, 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 note, note, note. And I'm starting to say, okay, you said this here, but you need to understand why you said it here so that I can kind of grow that out. And kind of add some depth to the characters. I'm hoping by session two, I'll have that kind of in lockdown or on lockdown, hopefully. So <laughs> I, I would, I would comment more on that and some of the characters that y'all have already found, which I had so much fun creating, but, uh, that would give away the video. But I, I, it does just go to, to stress that I, I enjoy like describing scenarios and settings and stuff and making people feel like they're in it, but that's not my strength. You know, a lot of times just be like, it's a concrete building and things are whatever. Like, I'll, I'll blow past that. But the second you get into characters and the people that you're talking to, man, that that's my jam right there. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so there's that. Uh, we had our first game day at my home church for the year of 2017. So, you know, that went, it went well. Uh, we're slowly but surely getting more and more people to come out to that. That's awesome. 
So it, and I will say that I'm also very happy, not only with the fact that it's continuing to grow, but also because of the fact that I actually got something to the table that literally never got to the table even once in 2016. And it was no, no. As much as I'd love to I say that. I thought sure you were going to say scythe. And I was going to like, if oh. I could virtually slap you. No. You see, now I said it. Now I got to slap myself. No, no zero quest. No. He had a cracking unboxing. <laughs> no, nothing, nothing of, nothing ostentatious of that. No, it's Imperial Settlers. Nice. My, my surprise hit of my top 10. The, the, the title that I usually go, this isn't normally my game, but dang, I love playing this. <laughs> um, it's it's a title that, you know, normally I'm all into player interact interaction and messing with each other, but there's really not a whole there's occasionally a little messing with each other, but really to play it successfully, you really kind of have to be built building your own empire and building your own infrastructure. Messing with other people is just going to take away time that you need to build your own stuff to get the victory points you need. Um, I've mentioned the game before and, and I even have a video up on the site about it. So I won't go into all the nuts and bolts. I was playing as Japan and, uh, I did well, but the dude who was in charge of the Egyptian empire was just untouchable. The dude just had this killer engine and none of us thought to stop him. And wow, he was just grinding us down to nothing. He like so he was he like flying under the radar. Is that what it was? Or? Well, it he was literally uh, for most of the factions, at least in the base game. Uh, when you build a faction building, you can't touch it. Japan is the only okay. the only one that you can touch their faction stuff. So all he would do is he'd have minimal uh, common stuff that people could mess with, and just everything was faction. And not only that, but er- like he had a pile of faction cards that let him just just get a gigantic pile of victory points. So he was just like turning gold into victory, gold into victory, gold into victory, <laughs> and we couldn't do anything about it. Wow. So he he just did phenomenally well. So even even though the rest of us enjoyed it, he was killing it. So with uh, with Imperial Settlers, is it kind of fit into one of those game categories where? Um where Suze might be interested in it, your wife? Possibly. Uh, it might be a little hard for me to sell it to her, but I think that if she sat down and played it, I think she would enjoy it. Because like I said, there is opportunity for people to mess with each other, but you have to go out of your way to get the right amount of tokens because it needs, right. you need double the amount of tokens to mess with somebody else. And really, that's a whole lot of energy that could be put towards better things. But it'd be better spent towards doing the things that Japan was doing. <laughs> right. Because destroying something, unless you destroy, like everything you destroy gives you something. You get materials or you get people or occasionally a building will say, if you, if you destroy it, you'll get a victory, a victory point. But most of them aren't. So all you're doing is getting materials. So if you don't have anything to do with those materials, there's really no reason to do that. You are much better served helping you than hurting them as a general rule. Right. So yeah, I, I think she would enjoy it, but I think, I think there's going to be a, a thematic kind of hill that I have to climb to get her to do that. Gotcha. But it was, it was super exciting because I'm starting to see 
more and more people in my local gaming groups are getting excited about playing these heavier games. Now, <laughs> Daniel jumped in with City of Remnants. Uh, City of Remnants is still in that I have to be just inviting people to play. This this upcoming Saturday, in a couple days from when we're recording this, we're doing a belated birthday game day for me. And this will be the, you know, I'm trying to judge the audience because there's part of me that just wants to go, this is it. I don't have to teach anything. I don't have to be running an event. I, it's literally just me and my friends. It's I'm, just fun time. Yeah. It's fun time. No, nope, it. It's not ministry. It's literally just getting people together to play games for the sole purpose of getting people together to play games. So Amen. I'm going to try and get the games that I want to play. But then I realize I'm like, yeah, but it's still the same group of people. It's that same conundrum. Do you bring it to the table or not? Just because I don't have to lead anything or it's not official ministry doesn't mean these people want to play those games either. Now, you could just say birthday card right here. I'm playing the card now. (laughs) And and I think think that I can get away with that. Like, I think I'm I'm definitely bringing Blood Rage because it's my number one. It's my, it's my, my, my baby. But uh, I will probably convince some people to play Blood Rage with me. But at the same point, like a City of Remnant or an Eclipse or something like that, it it might be a harder sell. And so I have to kind of judge the crowd. And if anything, this this actually ended up getting me thinking about something that, that I want to talk with you guys about is the fact that are there games – because I've got a list. I've got an ever-growing list and and I've got some that are – are more so than others, but there's a list of games that I have that I desperately want. I want in my collection. I want them sitting on my shelf. I want to have the pretty bits in my hands, but you know, budgets are tight. You know, you you know, games are getting more and more expensive and budgets are getting and budgets are getting tighter. So the combination of these two things means I have to be very, very particular about what games I buy. Me wanting a game is not enough anymore for me to want to go out of my way to get it. Right. And so uh, I'm wondering, are there any games that you guys think, and then we'll get to mine afterwards, but are there any games out there that you look at that and go, man, this this scratches all my itches. This is something that I want on my table. But then you take that minute and go – but no one else I play with would ever touch this. Well, can I add a different layer to this instead? Absolutely. No. Okay. No, I said. All right. So <laughs> my son is getting ready to turn seven. So it's not whether of a game that I would want that nobody would play. It's getting a game that I would have to. I, when I buy games now, I have to look. Would he be able to play this as well? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's lots of games I want, and I really want to buy them, but I don't. One, for the fact of, I can't use it in my family if he's there. You see what I'm saying? Right. Sure. Like, you, there's certain themes that you would have to avoid because of his age. Well, that's yeah, yeah. So, and, and like, you know, it, it was not just themes. It's just understanding the complexity of rules and things like that. So oh, Okay. And I'm actually dipping my toe in it this weekend, this Friday at our family game night, and I'm cracking out my Mystics. Nice. Okay. That's a yeah. good way to go. It's it's a nice theme. It's a comfortable theme that you can introduce a little bit of a higher level of complexity yeah. to. Well, so that's a great he, pick. he turned seven next weekend, so like the age range is seven and up. 
on Mice and Mystics. So. I know I know a bunch of people who use Mice and Mystics to play with their kids, so you should be okay. Yeah, yeah. so I'm excited about it. So. And you're also kind of introducing some role-play characteristics, too. You know, those elements are going to be there. Well, right? he likes twerps as well, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and then, you know, it's right from there, straight into Mouse Guard. Boom. Oh, yeah. Done. Yeah. You know, just well, jump. It, but with me, though, I can't get my wife to play role-playing games at all. Right. Yeah. So this will be her first real foray, stepping her toe into it. Um nice. Other than that one night that I had that our, we had our, our small group was like, hey, can you run us a role-playing game? I was like. Sure. And, uh, she, she was just there. She was pretty much furniture. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's, sometimes it's just not the cup of tea, right? It's yeah. just not the, not the thing that they gravitate towards. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a couple that are, are all there. Oh my goodness. They, I, I think about these on a constant level pretty much because, because one of the things I do as part of the ministry is, especially for the tavern is that every day I check the two stores that have daily sales. I do this because, you know, I think it's just a good service because not everybody has the ability to check these things or even think to. And sometimes you can get these games at like almost 50, 60% off on the daily sale. So I, I both, I both enjoy and loathe when I see those posts. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll put that out there. I, yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, you know, because of that, I end up checking the, the front pages of these sites on the daily. And it, it makes me think about all this amazing stuff. And there are multiple times when I, I've sat there going, man, I, I want to pull the trigger on this. Probably the biggest of all of these. Now, all of these are going to be something that I want bad. But one that has been on my radar pretty much since the Kickstarter went live for it is a game called Tricarian. Yeah, you mentioned that last year. Yeah, Tricarian, the, the short version is, is that you are all stage magicians following one of the major schools. So there's an escape artist, there's an illusionist, there's, you know, all the different types of, of stage magic. And the idea is that you're trying to create the greatest, uh, stage show to impress this guy who can actually give you this item that's going to give you real legit magic. So there's this whole Victorian kind of steampunky vibe. You're all trying to uh, get the right assistance and the right stuff to build the right gear to to put on the best show. You're trying to jump in to be the opening act in other people's shows. So even though it's their show, you're getting seen at it. Like, it's all this amazing stuff, but it's so much stuff that's happening. And if you've ever looked at the Tricarian board, there is so much stuff that makes this work. And... I just know that this is the kind of thing that I would be salivating over. Like, like, oh, I, I need to go and make sure that I get the wood for this and the cloth for this. And I need to build this machine so that I can do this trick. Yeah. Like, I would go nuts over that. Like, that theme just is awesome. And, and the idea of building all this stuff and jumping on other people's stuff. Ah, oh, so good. But I get people into, like, when Imperial Settlers came out, people were intimidated. And Imperial Settlers on the table is nothing. <laughs> It's a bunch of cards <laughs> and a couple bits of cardboard. Yeah. So the idea of throwing Tricarian down in front of somebody is terrifying. Well, then, and then you can like leap into a game like, um, what's the one that Jacob Toman plays? Here I that? Stand. Here I Stand. Those level of games. Um, here oh I gosh. Stand. In, in case. Uh, so much complexity. Literally, Here I Stand is a game that I think would, without doubt, make the Inroads approved list. 
Oh, for sure. However, the reason it is not on the inroads approved list is because when we started that, that whole thing, uh, in case you don't know, you can go on our website and hit, click on the inroads approved thing and find the grand total of three games that <laughs> we, uh, we have on there. Uh, it's the, when we started that, the whole shtick was, uh, there's a lot of Bible games out there, but most of them are just Bible trivia or a Bible wa- whitewashed version of some other game. So why don't you just right. play the other game? Uh, but we wanted to find games that are either biblical or, uh, Christian life related. But one of the rules was one of us has had to have played it so that we could have hand on experience saying, this is awesome. And that's an important thing. Like when I got my hands on Sola Fide, I, I, there, when, going into that, I'm like, this is it. This is going to be on the list. This is going to be number four. Then I played it and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, we should put Bible Trivia Pursuit on there. No, no, we should not. No, we now, should not. You gotta realize, though, I love Trivia Pursuit games. No, that's fine. But the, the purpose of this, because all that is, is trivia about the Bible. I know, I know. But that's it's a just, fun game. That's though. small group games. That's not. <laughs> right. And, and I put that with air quotes again. I I was sitting there saying, like, clicking the mouse thing, like, thinking, yeah, that's exactly the point. But I realized we're, we're the only ones on video right now. It's, it's, uh, I know. sorry. But it's uh, okay. We need to, we need to twitch this. <laughs> no, we do. We do. I, I feel it. I feel it. But, um, but yeah, so we did that. And the only reason here I stand isn't on it is because it's an eight hour slog of a game, oh, which is beautiful because it's literally like everybody all over Europe and Russia and all these pieces, like you get the Pope involved and you're doing all this stuff about, it, it, you know, during the time of the Reformation. And it, it looks amazing. I've seen yeah, pictures. I've seen it played out. Mm-hmm. I've heard stories about it, but. Man, that that is a game that I would love to get. Every once in a while, I joke with Jacob that we need to get like a Skype game of Here I Stand. But I'm like, where am I going to find eight hours? Yeah, <laughs> where are you going to find a surface where if you wanted to do like two hour stretches, where do you going to find a surface for the board to keep it there? Yeah, nobody move it, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? Like on that that kind of um, religious theme too, as far as like games that are kind of tough to bring to the table. I know Mike, you and I, we've talked about this game before. Um, but uh, in the role-playing frame of mind, um, as I often am, Dogs in the Vineyard. Oh yeah, uh, was is a game that um, it's you know it's based on the uh, Apocalypse World Engine. In fact, it's in in a lot of ways it's the precursor to how that set got set up. But it's um it's a tough game because it's it's Wild West, it's Weird West kind of kind of feel. But you are a group of, let's say, um, gun-toting crusaders that are uh, roaming the countryside in the name of the church, um, or a church, I should say. And, you know, it's patterned a bit after Mormonism. It's patterned after some visions of the Catholic Church. But the level of brutality and the treatment of faith in some aspects can be kind of a tough sell to get people around the table to play it. Um, it, it, you're almost kind of like hunting for that group that is on the edge of taking things too seriously. Like they, they really super get in the character, but you don't want to go so far that it becomes, Oh wow. You just said that. Or, Oh my gosh, you just did that. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> there, 
there's still times when I think about, you know, maybe, maybe in 2018 we'll do it, but there are times when I, mm-hmm. I really want to get that to our YouTube channel. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's, it leads, it leads to like different social, social norms. When you're, when you're talking about social norms, I think, uh, before the recording started, we were talking about, uh, briefly about Victoriana, um, as a game that, you know, when we, when we set about putting this together, one of the first things that, that Mike, you, you brought up was that we should do a disclaimer video at the beginning before we even release this to the YouTube channel that talks about the social norms back in Victorian in London. I mean, yeah, we're dealing with steampunk. We're dealing with fantastical beasts. We're dealing with magic. We're dealing with all sorts of things that are just abnormal that makes it an RPG and fun. But at the same time, we're also dealing with the social structures and the, the views of women, the views of people who are outside of Great Britain as, 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 uh, immigrants and that sort of thing. So we had to kind of put a bit of a disclaimer at the front saying, you know, look, this isn't necessarily the views of inroads. In fact, it's not the views of inroads. It's just that this is the way the game is structured and this is the time period in which it's placed. So, I mean, Victoria was kind of, uh, wasn't that bad? I think as a game master, I almost like subconsciously kind of steered away from some of the more drastic elements of that. Uh, but uh, this, a new game that I'm being introduced to uh, here in the next, actually, as of this recording tomorrow night, um, our, our tavern regular and uh, frequent visitor to the uh, the video channel, the YouTube channel, uh, Brent Brown, is going to be leading me through Cthulhu Confidential. And uh, for those not to know, this is a game that I probably wouldn't pick up because it's a one-on-one game. And the only reason I even considered it more is because of Mike and Brent's experience with Reflections, uh, because of that one-on-one experience. Um, playing an RPG one-on-one becomes a very intimate affair. Yeah, it does. And, and you know what I mean? Because you're, you're eye-to-eye with somebody, yeah. right? There's no... I'm going to take the break off and <laughs> take a break from the spotlight and let my friend over here, I'll let my barbarian half work over here take care of this beehive while I go hide in the tree or something, right? So it's, it's, it's one on one. Um, it, it becomes your show and the GM's show. But with, uh, with, with Cthulhu Confidential, it's taking place again in the time period where the social structures are, um, not what they are now. And the thing is, is that with the sensitivities now with, with sexism and with race that have been going on in the current time period, bringing that all the way back to the 1940s, where for my character, I'm portraying an African American private detective in Washington, DC, who is a war veteran, World War II still going on. And I'm dealing with all of the social structures while at the same time trying to investigate a mystery. So it's kind of the, the weavings in and out of that social structure is going to make for a very challenging game uh, for me and obviously for Brent because he has to run it. So, I mean, for me, I think the the difficulties with getting games to the table is that my brain kind of gravitates towards things that are thematically difficult to go in with. You know, like we talked about a Copocalypse world, that would be a really tough game to bring because of, you know, not just the vulgarity in the game, but the brutality of the game in some cases. Yeah, yeah. We actually, we actually had to, you know, give you a little bit of inside baseball here for the inner workings of <laughs> our discussions. Right. We don't just throw stuff on the channel just to see what sticks. Uh, we, right. you know, have a lot of conversations leading up to it. Um, and Jeff and I had talked about doing Apocalypse World on the channel because it's a pretty neat system. And again, the channel, you know, the games we play in the channel is one to give you guys entertainment and have you guys have fun with us. But it's also to demonstrate systems. And Apocalypse World 
affects countless systems. The problem is, is that any game we want to run that literally shows you what this game is like, we don't want on our channel <laughs> because, because the channel, we also know that we have a wide array, array of audience people. So we don't want, like, we want it to be family friendly just so that we make sure that everybody feels comfortable sharing it with whoever. Yeah. So you can't, you can't run Apocalypse World and not get into some brutal, brutal stuff. And while there's value in that, there can be value in that. And as you explore what it means to be in that kind of position, yeah, it's hard to do that in a family friendly setting. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So. I, I kind of wanted to, to turn this with you guys and, and there's, cause there's a balance here, I think. There's a balance between understanding, you know, where people are and, and addressing these things and, and understanding your audience and appreciating, you know, their sensitivities and their experience and their, what they like to do. And there's also the idea of challenging. It's the idea of pushing the boundary. And bringing them to a deeper place, bringing them to a new place that they've never experienced for the specific intention to grow. Now, that's something that, you know, all of us have done ministry of one degree or another. And pretty much in every regard, that's kind of what we do. You have to both understand and speak to where people are because you, you know, there's no, there's no real communication. If you're, if you're not going to where they are, they don't care. But at the same point, if you always sit where they are and don't try to bring them to another place, you're, you're just babysitting. You're not doing ministry. You're, I don't, that, that applies to not just youth. That's all ages. You're babysitting. If, if, yeah. So where do you guys find that balance of understanding versus challenging? Daniel, you want to go first? <laughs> oh, understanding <laughs> challenging. Um, well, I mean, like, well, I'll, I'll give you an example with my son this weekend. It, I'm going to challenge to see if he's willing to sit down and play a game that um, he's never played before or, or, or never done anything of this intensity. Um, you know, and as a father, I do that from time to time. I, you know, my kids. Uh, want a glass of milk? You know, when they're little, I'm like, okay, I'll get you a glass. Pour the milk from. But as they get older, I'm like, there's the cups, there's the milk. You know, and they spill it. I'm like, okay, you spilled some milk. Let's clean it up. It's good. You know, and now I know that he can't lift a whole gallon of milk. <laughs> <laughs> good experiment, lad. That was good. But I mean, but that's just that's just part of being a parent, um, and you know, and raising your kids. But you've also got to do it with your youth. You know, when I used to work at my old church with the youth a lot, um, I had I, I I pulled the boys aside and I did a a boys to men Bible study, and uh, that's why I just called it. You know, it's not really a Bible study called Boys to Men because we'd sure. be singing. Why not? Yeah. Anyway, it's and it's a, it's the kind of study that'd be really hard to say goodbye to. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, and we just dated your hosts right there. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but um, but so like you know, I would bring up topics that they never got brought up in church for them, or got brought up in a, in mixed company, and and 
make them talk about it. But I mean, and nothing bad either. It's just like, you know, uh, relationships. You know, they're at that teenage years, they're always hung up on dating. And I'm like, why? Are you going to marry this person? Uh, I mean, <laughs> what's your job? Is, is your, I mean, are, are you going to, uh, um, go to school? Are you going to get a job as soon as you leave? I mean, is this girl going to stick with you all throughout college while you're trying to better yourself to make yourself a good husband? And and they're like, wow. And that week, a lot of people broke up. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dr. Just Love, the, you are not. Daniel oh, Fisher, yeah, heartbreaker. Yeah, Dang. well, anyway, but, you know, they, things like that would happen. And, and um you know, like what Daniel said. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. But you know, other things too. Like, you know, what questions do you have, and things that they had that nobody would ever answer, and stuff like, you know, the Trinity. What is it? Can you explain it? You know, things like that. But I mean, without being wanting to put your toe into that water to to move forward. I mean, you've got to get in the water, or you're not going to be able to learn to swim. I mean, you just got to go for it. I mean, you can't just hold back. And these kids, you know, for me, and I know I've gotten off on kids, they're a responsibility to race as Christians. And, um, you know, it's just very important that we we do the things we do. Well, and and I think that there's a lot to what you just said there, just the idea of of being where they are and and you have to be in it to be able to, to bring them with you. Yeah. Um. Because I do, I do think that's the case. Like even, even out of the deeper context, think of the, like the way that we kind of got here. Uh, when I'm talking about Imperial Settlers, I've been running this game day for months now. That doesn't include all the stuff I did before I had this regular game day. You know, we've been doing inroads now for going on three years and it's only been, you know, recently that I've been able to, to get this kind of consistent stuff happening locally. And, you know, after all that time, I'm only just now getting them to come out. And it's been, you know, I played, I couldn't even tell you how many names of code names last year. And I love code names. It's a good game. But after a while, I'm just sitting there. Why are we, why are we doing five games of this party game when I could be doing something much cooler? And, you know, you, you're, you have to be where they are. I'm bringing them to a place where they, even if they don't end up liking them, I have to bring them to the place even where they go, this is worth looking into. Yeah. Because when we started down this road, they didn't even think it was worth it. And now they're starting to look at these things going, oh, okay, this is going to take some effort. This is going to take some work, but it's going to be awesome. And so, so now I have the opportunity to bring in some, some deeper games, some of your games that, you know, are like a two hour sit because they're willing to sit down and try it. And it took years. I, like I, I, I can't even say that as hyperbole. It literally took years because this local crowd is much more of, you know, the, the Uno and the, you know, werewolf and party game kind of crowd. And so it's taken years to be like, no, there's such a wide variety of stuff, but it all took just a lot of time of being in those places where they are. And one thing when it comes to talking to people, especially when it, when it comes to talking to people about God, 
you know, we have the no preaching rule. We have the standard fare that you'll see on all of our stuff, which says, you know, we're going to earn the right to tell you anything. We're not here. Anything that you hear from us about God is either because you asked or because it's just a natural part of our conversation because God's a part of our lives. You know, that was, that was my approach to doing this long before I codified it in the no preaching rule. It's this idea that I, I need to be able to show you that this is legit long mm. before I'm going to tell you about how legit it is. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that people need to know that you're not speaking down to them. You're speaking at them and that you're seeking to understand where they are currently. You're not just trying to drag them to where you are because you think that you're better. You're trying to bring them to a place because of what you've seen and what you know. Because like I, I, I hang out with a bunch of people who, uh, there's a, a running joke that, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll complain about Christians and they'll say things that are downright heretical and they'll look at me and go, sorry, Mike. It's actually become a joke. There's there, one of my buddies at work will, will just randomly throw sorry, Mike in every time there's even something remotely <laughs> spiritual happening at the table. Sorry, Mike. Like everybody knows that they can be themselves with me because I am in no position to, to say that, that I am anywhere better or superior or know some kind of deep thing that, that they don't have access to or anything. Like I can't do that. I'm not in that place. And so, yeah, I go where they are and I try, I seek, you know, to try and understand where they are. But at the same point, I'm, I make it clear. I'm like, you, you know, that isn't where I am or, or I was there and I'm working through that or there's, there's something that I want to show you. And, Especially now with, you know, sadly, there's a lot of, of Christianity on the news and everything like that, but it's a lot of really annoying kinds, if you don't mind me saying. Um, it's a lot of, of these people are ruining things and we're coming back to Jesus now. And I see a lot of the reaction to that in my friend base and it's a lot of, of it's, it's negative. And now I'm the first person to say, you know, it's not about courting people. It's not about, you know, making sure that, that, you know, everyone's okay and everyone's happy. God always comes first. But at the same point, there are things that I can say to people. And when they ask me, like, what does God say about this? I'll be like, look, this is what the Bible says. And this is what I think. And this is how this goes. I can get away with that. And not have them be angry because long before I ever said any of that, I made sure that I went out of my way to understand who they are, to understand why they think the way they do, why they believe what they do or, or don't. I've made sure that long before I say anything, I've gone out of my way to just be there for them with absolutely no strings attached. Because I, I want them to know that I, I, I'm with them where they are. And once I've gotten to that, once they know that they can trust me, that they can be themselves, that I'm not here to, to put them down, I, I will, I will say, I'll, I'll be blunt when I say things like, like, yeah, I, I believe in hell and it sucks. And yeah, I believe you need to believe in Jesus because you do. And, and 
it, the worst question that I ever get is, you know, you know, is this a sin? And you can insert anything there. And my response is not usually to say yes or no. It's to say, would it make a difference if I told you it was? And if the answer is no, then I said, then, then what, what does it matter? And you know what? I've, I've, I've hit that response too. And then when pushed, I say, I'm a sinner. Where's, where's my level of expertise in this? I'll, I mess up every day. And I think what's, what's cool about our faith is that what you were saying before is that we aren't, I'm not perfect. You know what? I'm not going to come at you with something, some huge thing saying that you're a horrible person or, or I'm going to judge you and stuff because (laughs) please, because that's going to get turned around back on me. There's no room for that in my life. I'm, I'm here to love you and I'm here to, to, to help you along and to be that, that lean to that you need on times. Judging? No. That's Well, I, I think the problem that we often I think the problem that we often get is that we try to do one or the other. In this balance mm-hmm. of understanding and challenging, we try to do one or the other. We either try to go all in on understanding that says everything's fine, everything's wonderful, I'm here for you, you're 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 gonna be you're wonderful, you're a beautiful, you know, creation. Awesome. And that's fine for a cheer up session, but it's not, we you know we're called to, to be and to make disciples. That's not what that is. On the other side, we try to just all challenge. Everything's hammering. Everything's do this, be better, you know, fall in line because God, God is amazing and awe inspiring. And in light of what he has done for you, you must obey. Hmm. And that's not legit either to do that without understanding what people are going through to do that in a blanket statement when people are are suffering and even trying to they're they're nowhere even even close to being ready to tackle that kind of a concept whether it's they're just a baby in the faith or maybe they've you know been hurt by the faith or maybe there's lots of different reasons that people are not even beginning to be ready to tackle that kind of deep spiritual understanding so when all you're doing is trying is hammering that it's behavior modification, not faith. It's the fact that you have to go into a place of understanding that 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 place, you know, requires nothing, and it's like I'm here for you because I'm here for you, not because you're doing anything for me or or anything like that. I have no expectation. I'm just here because I want to be here for you. And that's when you, when you have the ability to speak and to challenge and to say, but maybe life is like this, or maybe you should consider this, or maybe, maybe you do need to think more about other people instead of yourself. Maybe, you know, there's all ways that we can be better as people. But the only way that, that any person is drawn towards that place is that that God brings them to that place. You're not going to make them. And no. so and, and when you try to make them, that's when things fall apart. It backfires yeah. bad. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a big difference between hammering somebody and bringing them with you. Of of a p- coming from a place of understanding 
and then moving towards something deeper because that's what we're doing too. Like, like we're in a place where we want to, to be understood that people need to, to understand where we come from and why we think the way we do. And, and it's in that place that we can then move forward. Like I, I'm constantly surrounding myself with people that can bring me to a different place, whether it's academically or spiritually or emotionally, there's people that, that you need to learn from and the best of them come to where you are and, and show you that they care about you and move you forward gently. And they show you that there's something worth exploring beyond what you're comfortable with. And I think that it's an important distinction, like whether it's these games, like I wouldn't drop Tricarian on somebody who's only ever played Monopoly before. Uh, Monopoly. Sorry. <laughs> Uh-oh. But, you know, you go in, like I said, years I've been playing these games with people. And it's only been recently that I've really started to see them go, oh, well, what about this thing? You know, I just had a buddy of mine go, what about Seven Wonders? I'm like, oh, Seven Wonders. That's a great game. And he's only just experiencing it now. So I, you know, there's so much about this whole concept of disciple making and bringing somebody up and, and being brought up ourselves. I think it comes from that understanding and then moves into something deeper. And I think that's an important distinction rather than just trying to bring them kicking and screaming. Yeah. It's, um, it work, you know, it works in games, it works in everything. I know when <laughs> my wife, my wife first tried to get me to eat something that was outside of like hamburger helper. <laughs> uh, that was a long process. Bachelor but, you know, chow. Now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now I'm, you know what? Let's go to that sketchy side of town where, you know what? The people who make the food are from that region and I want to go and eat what they eat and, and commiserate with them and learn about them and their food and. You know, and, and that's the other part of meeting somebody where they're at is that you learn more about them. You learn more about them so that you can love them yeah. more effectively. Yeah. So. Amen to that, brothers. Amen to that. All right. Well, it looks like we're wrapping up another episode. Uh, you can definitely be looking on our YouTube channel for Numenera Rebirth. First session videos are going to start coming up soon. Yep. Um, is there anything coming up for you guys? Um, for me, uh, the, uh, uh, Cthulhu Confidential will probably start looking to re- release episodes here in the next few weeks. Um, I've got, uh, three or four games that I'm planning for the year for, uh, for En-ROADS along with, uh, the Summer One-Shots tour. So we'll have, uh, we'll have a lot of fun there. I, I, my big project right now at the immediate second is converting, um, Castle Greyhawk to 5th edition. Ooh-ha. So having a lot of fun with that. Well, for me, uh, as some people may know, I've put a shout-out call for a group to play some Savage World games with me, uh, different one-shots. Um, I've got some, uh, well, or different campaigns. I've got some ideas for Deadlands and East Texas University. So uh, hopefully we'll get that rolling, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, try it on our Twitch channel when we get that thing up and running. Nice. Who said Twitch? What? Oh, say Twitch. Oh, was I? Was I <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, what was that? What was that? Oh. <laughs> and uh, one thing that I'll throw out there is that uh, we've decided that our convention stuff is best served doing local stuff. 
So it went from we, we, we did Gen Con for a while, but we're not doing that. We even planned on tentatively doing Origins this year, but we even scaled back on that to focus entirely on local conventions. And one of them is coming up. So you're, if you're in the, the greater New Jersey area and want to come to Dreamation, which is put on the guy, put on by the guys at Double Exposure, myself and at least one other guy are going to be hitting up Dreamation and, uh, exploring what that con has and how we can serve them there. So if you are the going, I would love to see you guys there. I'd love to, to get to hang out with some regulars. And uh, other than that, I, I think we're good. Uh, always happy to, to hear from you guys. You can email us, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at, at inroads pretty much on everything social media. And uh, yeah. Yeah, stop by, guys. Uh, visit the uh, inroadsministries.com website and check us out in uh, in Facebook, uh, in the tavern. Become a regular and and get along with all those wonderful people out there. I just I have so much fun seeing all the posts and the interactions, and that's how I've I've made friends with several people there, and it's it's been friendships that I know are going to last a good long time. Oh so. yeah, me too. All right, Jeff, send us home. All right, here we go. I'm going to try and see if I can remember this. God is a game master, and no matter how the dice fall, the game plays on.